Um, right. I've only had my digital marketing agency for, for, for four years, but it's one of those things when you look at it, man, you learn so much and so fast, right. Yeah. Especially if you want to be successful. The first year I was learning, breaking even, um, and, and just, and just really being able to talk the talk. I didn't want to be the guy that talked the talk and couldn't walk the walk. Right. Yeah. I wanted to be the guy that when I actually went to talk to somebody, I could actually back it up instead of just be having that false confidence. Um, and, and, and so just learning from that and just starting and taking action. That's what I've done along the way, man. There's been, I've had bad clients, you know, I disregarded red flags, which is a huge thing. If you see red flags, kind of be cautious. Um, and then just really ask yourself, is it worth it? So here's the big question. Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin, and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to the Money Talkers Podcast with your host, Cody Laughlin. Uh, I have Clint McPherson here with me today. Uh, he is the founder of the McPherson Marketing Group, a digital, digital marketing agency located in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Also the co-host of That Entrepreneurial Life, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. He is a three-tour United States Army veteran, infantry officer with a background in leadership and management spanning over a decade. And as an entrepreneur, he strives daily to add value by helping other hardworking entrepreneurs experience success in and out of the workplace. Also, he's got two pretty awesome kids we're going to talk about as well. So welcome sure. to the show, Clint. Nah, man. Brother, I really appreciate you inviting me on. I'm really excited and pumped about this. I really think it's, it's wildly important um, as an entrepreneur to really, and just as a parent in general, man, to really, um, show your kids how important financial skills are at navigating life. Because what I've seen from my background and from what I experienced growing up as a kid, man, it could really change the course of your life. Right. Especially if you learn at a young age. Yeah. That's the big, the big factor for me is that, um, if I had an extra 15 years or so of time <laughs> yeah. and, and then the other that I did, that I could have accelerated, like what I, you know, where I would have ended up um, or where I will, you know, but I, it was, if I had added an extra 15 years to get through that process and have that, that transfer of knowledge of that, right. the things you can only learn as you go through them. Uh, sure. And so we've started to put those back to our kids. Um, it's a big thing. Do you, so as an entrepreneur, I think we all see the world a little different, but do you see, you see entrepreneurship in your kids? I do. I really, and the reason I say that is because it's funny is when I look at it, um, you know, and, and I see my kids showing interest in what I'm actually doing. Um, I really think that, you know, everybody has some type of entrepreneurial spirit to them. They might not have discovered it and they might not even know it. Right. But I think because, 
we're so indoctrinated in the way life is in this bubble of going to school, right? Pushing our kids to go to college and then working towards something that even when they go to college and get that degree, it's basically almost frowned upon not to have a master's degree before you get a job or when you go to the workforce, it's like you have no experience, right? And everything you just took four years to learn is outdated and it's just not, it, it's, it's just so frustrating and it's very surprising to me, man, as an entrepreneur now that that's something that our schools didn't teach us growing up and it, and, and my parents as well. Yeah. You know, it's not even talked about. For sure. know, that's, that's the thing is like, so, so here frustrating. We, and well, right now, just to build on that pat on that fact, most people are then going to go sit an 18 year old in an office with somebody who gets paid to lend them money and try to shove as much money as they can into them. And a kid's like, wait, I, they're free. Yeah, it's free, pay, no payments. And then we're, you know, we're stacking this debt on them and they're asking yeah. them to make probably the largest financial decision. One of the two largest financial decisions probably they're going to make in their life. Right. With no experience about anything around finance or money, like just zero knowledge, you know, of, of putting someone out there and then asking them to make these decisions and read financial documents and sign, sign for something that's not bankruptable either. Exactly. And go and going back to your question, man, about seeing an entrepreneur on my kids. I do because I've talked on our podcast on entrepreneur life several times about being creative. And right now as a three and a seven year old, they're super highly creative right now. Right. They're drawing my seven year old. He's, he's an artist. And that's how I was creatively when I was younger. So I see things in him. He asked me how he can put this on a shirt. Right. And I'm like, okay, so you, you're looking, leaning towards more of a apparel side right now. Right. Like you're looking for hats, maybe a shirt, maybe I may, I might help him make that happen. Right. Yeah. Um, to show him that, you know, you can make something from nothing. And that, but you got to want it too, right? It's not easy. Um, just like finances aren't easy, but if you learn at a young age and we as parents, I mean, man, I can't preach enough to anybody that's listening to your show, um, how wildly important again for us as parents to teach our children about important financial lessons as they grow older, man. Yeah, I think um, uh, I have, so I'm going to, I'm going to send you something that is a, uh, it's a business plan writer for kids and their parents to sit down and yeah. go through. And so you start talking awesome. about, you know, how do you, how do you come up with the name of the company and who are your competitors and what prices are out there? And it's just these Smart kind of follow along, you know, uh, business plan writing things. And I think that for us as parents, we don't need to get in the way of their creativity because mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people, Oh, you, you want to sell shirts. You know how hard it is to sell shirts. You right. can't sell shirts. You know, it's like, yeah. No, instead, man, foster that thing and run with it. Even if it costs you, and if you throw a hundred bucks down the drain to make his own right. t-shirt and do all that stuff, best hundred dollars you ever spend. Dude, he's going to be so, they're, they're going to be so happy, right? The, <laughs> the smile on their face is going to be ear to ear. They got, they drew something, you put it on a shirt form or a hat or whatever it is, man. And they're just going to be so ecstatic. And that's probably going to be their favorite, favorite piece of clothing forever. Right. Until, <laughs> until, until they grow out of it. But I mean, take, take, for example, man, and I don't want to take over or anything, but just look oh. at the mortgage crisis that we went through right back in the day where majority of people's families, you know, lost their homes. And then you're talking about millions and millions of foreclosures. But, and, and that's because we as society don't know how to manage money and we're trying to go borrow it as fast as we can from the banks. You're talking about how much we owe in student loan debt. Yes, there's student forgiveness and all that stuff. But come on, man. When you're like billions and billions of dollars 
um, and then trillions of dollars in student loan debt. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. There's and more we, student I, loan debt than there is car or, or more uh, credit cards. How, how ridiculous is that? that like that's mind boggling. It's got to come home to roost, right? It's got to show it up does. somewhere. Like that's the way it works. Like you can't just borrow and borrow and borrow. And then you can't borrow yourself to, to prosperity. Yep. Yep. All right. So, I mean, just, just the, us as the next generation, right. Or in the current generation, our kids, the next generation, brother, we're going to have to really make it happen. Well, you know, what's been, um, I agree with it a hundred percent. I also am super encouraged by, I read in uh, a survey from Experian that they surveyed generation Z, which is that age group, right? Uh, yeah. High school, just maybe getting to college now, just below millennial. And, um, 78% of them said that they wanted financial education and to learn about credit. And I was like, really? really? Because I know when I was in school, I wasn't like, you know, I want some personal finance education and to learn about credit. <laughs> oh. I was like, I didn't even know what that was, first of all. But right. so I think that there's good, there's a lot of hope for that because there we're, we're well, for me anyway, like we're, we're learning to self-educate, right? So, yeah. and they're, that's normal for them. It's, right. you know, for, it was something that like, oh, like I talked to my friend, like I use YouTube to do this and I use YouTube to do that. And they're like, oh, that's a good idea. They don't think that way. They're like, that's just, a, it's a given. <laughs> right. right? Exactly. For sure. <laughs> so, so that's pretty cool. You know, that they have those tools in front of them. Um, I'll tell you an example for like, you're talking about your son. My daughter is eight and um, I have these books for her called the Tuttle Twins. And um, we got done with the end of the book. And I said, what do you think is going to happen next? And she was like, I don't know. What do you think? I was like, I don't know. I was like, why don't we ask the author? You know, and she yeah. was like, she was like, you can do that. And I was like, I don't know. If I don't, I know if I don't ask him, I won't, I won't be able to. Right. So I mess, I actually found him, messaged him. Uh, and he came on the podcast and I had her interview him. Oh, that's awesome. dude. She was like blown away, you know, but we yeah, were talking about sure. like that kind of like showing them that things are capable. Yeah. So, like the next, so now she wants her own podcast and she's like got a whole list of like A-lister kid stars that she wants to interview and stuff. Right. You know, but I love uh, I love that man because you showed that taking action makes things happen. Yeah, and I think a, a lack of action as entrepreneurs, as as just Pete as a society, and as a kid, right? I mean, really hinders. It's the fear of failure. I think, or the f fear of success. However, you want to look at it, um, I really think is like. Like your, your, your daughter, she's like, can, you can do that? It is 2020. We can do anything we want, basically, yeah. right? I mean, technology is advanced. It's not like we have to send somebody on a, on a horse, yeah. on horseback and go deliver a message, right? We can get on LinkedIn or wherever you got, reached out to them, email, whatever it was, and get them on the phone, man. Um, but you said you read an um, article, and I was reading an article, uh, I want to say um, researchers at the University of Cambridge, man, it, it really caught me and I think we touched on this offline is at the age of three years old right kids can actually grasp financial concepts yeah and that blew my mind because yeah. at three years old brother I wasn't even thinking about any of that I was thinking about <laughs> hey roll the ball to me or whatever right like I was I was I was trying to figure out how to even I don't even know if I was talking at that time I just know that that there was a research done by the University of Cambridge and that um it was commissioned by the United um, Kingdom's money advice service and I thought it was cool because it revealed that kids money habits are formed at an early age yeah and we're also influenced at seven years old I think is basically the trajectory of their belief system 
And so if you can get that instill that or start instilling that at three years old, man, just imagine when they hit seven, they're going to be gold. Oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. I know what you're talking about because I, and later in that part, they're talking about that, uh, your, your views and your, your financial, I don't want to say literacy, but your financial, um, like the way you think about money and the way that you're going to handle money in the future, unless you change it, it's already set at seven years old. Right. Exactly. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I just think about those things. Like I've caught myself, I've used this podcast to be uh, a great educational system for me. Right. Personally. Sure. It's like my own little uh, time frame where I get to block out people and pick their brains and I just really Definitely. enjoy it, you know? And, um, but I had a scenario where the, the someone told me to, ask your kids why when they ask you hard questions, right? And just and yeah. don't, don't give, you know, when they put you on the spot, like they ask you something and you're like, Whoa, like, I don't know what to, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and you go like a thousand things. Like my son asked me how much money I had, right? Caught right. me coldly out of the blue, like just he randomly. Like, yeah. I was like cooking, I was cooking steaks or something on the grill and he, I'm walking inside and I've got them in my hands. And he's like, dad, he goes, ah, something. I was like, what? Goes, how much money do you have? And I was like, uh, you know, and I'm going through my head, like, yeah. don't worry about that. You know, um, right. uh, that's none of your business or we don't talk about money here or, you know, and I'm like, yeah. how hypocritical is all that stuff? Right. For me sure. personally, I'm out here telling people you need to be a money talker. Right. Six year old just asked me how much money I have. Like, what do I do? Right? right. And so I thought of that concept when someone said, Hey, ask them why. And I said, well, what do you want to know that buddy? And man, I, I would have missed this. And he turns around and he says, dad, I have a hundred dollar bill, which he does. It's like his most pride. He lo he has this hundred dollar bill. He talks about it all the yeah, time. Yeah. He's like, I have a hundred dollar bill. And if you don't have a hundred dollars, I want to give it to you. Dude, that's awesome. And I was like, Oh my, like I did. It just melted me. It was one of those moments yeah. where I was like, I will never forget this the rest of my life. And I would have missed that had I not talked to people that, you know, ask that were, question. yeah, ask those questions yeah. or, or had these conversations that we're having, you know? Well, we can even learn from our kids though, right? Because even oh, all the time, said, <laughs> even though you said what you said, just, just think about it in reverse. How many times is your kids actually, why? Yeah. As they're growing up, right? And you're like, buddy, because that's how it is or whatever it is. You know, my kids three years old, I remember my seven year old, he went through the why stage and everything we asked them to do or everything we told them to do was why, why? And you're just like, because that's how it's going to be. Right. Yeah. But if, if you sit there and just think about it, you know, and turn that thing around on them and ask them why and have that open dialogue and open conversation, it's huge, man. It's very impactful. Yeah. I think it's, um, it, it, it would have, I would have missed that moment and I, w I wouldn't have known that I was going to miss it, but knowing now what I know, I would have regretted it tremendously by not just trying to put him on the, let, let him explain to me and express to me what he was yeah. thinking. And it was such a beautiful thought from him that right. you know I, I think we don't even realize sometimes when we're getting into those things with our kids yeah right i heard you um you that? don't realize how much they respect you or how much they look up to you and how much they want to give back to you yes right just yeah. even a hug from them goes so far brother yeah lift your spirits up when you're down in the dumps and you're struggling or you're having a bad day man not a day goes by even after i've been in the military i got wounded um in afghanistan mm. and so that's or one of the main reasons I'm out, right? I'm a Purple Heart recipient. And so I'm out because of that. Several surgeries later, 
I didn't have that close relationship with my, with my now seven-year-old as I do with my three-year-old now, right? And so I'm an infantry platoon leader, an infantry officer, and I can't be that anymore because yeah. of my injury, right? My type A personality, I want to lead from the front, take charge, but I kept having setbacks. And instead of playing the why me, which I did play the why me and, and, and went in depression and went down that road. But man, the, if I didn't have my kids, you know, and, and my family as the backbone of what I was and what I stood for, um, my upbringing was horrible, right? I mean, yeah. parents married several different times. I don't have that, you know, I have one of the biggest families, right? I basically, my wife, when we got together in college, she was like, my family is big. And I'm like, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. Just wait. And she, she just couldn't comprehend until she started figuring out. I'm like, look, I don't think there's many people in my family, right, that actually committed to each other forever, right? And, and so there's so many stepbrothers, stepsisters, our, 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 our grandparents. I mean, I probably have like 20 sets of grandparents. And it's just like mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's, just, and it's just hard to comprehend. And that's something though, I saw what I didn't want my kids to see, right. Mm -hmm. Or what my, my kids did experience. And it's just like, when I found the one, it's like, I'm finding the one. And if it doesn't end up being the one, then it's not going to happen again because I don't want to send my, my kids down the, the same road I went to. Cause it was a struggle. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a big firm believer in man. We know the difference between right and wrong. Right. Yes. So if we can make the right decisions at a young age and get in the habit of making those right decisions as a kid and seeing, and, and when you see something that's wrong, knowing that it's wrong and not falling in the habit of doing something wrong because you saw your dad do it or yeah. your mom do it. It's all about making the right decisions and financial something financially is huge too. Yeah. My, um, my kids, uh, since they could talk, have heard uh, good choices, good, good, good decisions, good consequences, which by the way, sure. consequences is one of the greatest words you can teach like a three-year-old. It's so funny yeah. to hear them say, you know, because it, it never comes out right, but they know the concept that good choices have good consequences, bad choices have bad consequences, you know, and yeah. if they're, if they are in trouble, you know, they, and you know, and now I, I get some eye rolls every once in a while, you know, but it's going to be drilled in their head because when they get in trouble, you know, I'm like, who, why are you in trouble? And they're like, well, you were upset about, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. me that got you in trouble, my friend. Right. Like it was your choices. Right. And so I think that um, there's those little tweaks that if we're conscious about it with them, yeah, that we can have these massive impacts, you know, for sure. For and sure. It's uh yeah, it's, I was, so I was a 70 hour a week guy, uh, at work and, you know, till my, and I started a month before my daughter was born. Right. So yeah, literally that was my, and my wife stayed home because I was at work that much, you know, basically that I traded, I took her job, <laughs> um, for lack of better words, but I wanted her to be home with them. And so, um, I wasn't there when I was there, I was there, right? Like if yeah. I was at home, I was with my kids. Like I, I maybe only saw them an hour and a half, an hour a day. But when I was with them, they knew dad was with them. Like I wasn't, I tried, I, I purposely had to make no distractions and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, when I sold the companies and then later I quit uh, going, like it only took about a month 
until they had changed the way they saw me. Yeah. Like they were, yeah, because there was a time when I was coming home a month afterwards, I had to drive an hour away to get something done. And the appointment took way longer than it was supposed to. And I was coming back and it was about 630. And my daughter called me and she was crying because I, you know, she was, I got her watch phone thing. It's really cool. Uh, So she calls me and she's crying and she's like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I ran a little late. Is everything okay? She was, I just really miss you. Like, where are you? And I was never humble for seven o'clock for six years, man. six and a half, seven years, man. So her perspective changed so much in one month that she was crying that I wasn't home at 630. Yeah. You know, and it only took about that much time for, for her to see things different. So I think if a lot of people are listening, you know, and uh, that you can change your future today, right? I guess that's, a, I don't, I don't want to sound yeah. too, I don't want to sound too Instagram post ish when I say that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but it really does. Like if you, it doesn't matter how old your kids are, like, it doesn't yeah. like you can, if you want a different outcome, change it right now. Like don't yeah. take action. You know, you mentioned oh, that earlier. Sure. That's one of my favorite yeah. sayings in the world is take action. You know, uh, knowledge is not power. Action is right. Exactly. So you know, I mean, you know you, stuff and you don't do anything about it. Oh, for sure. Take, take that, take that quote behind you, brother. Right. Either I'll find a way or I'll create a way, but I'll not create an excuse. Yeah. That right there is huge. And then also your kids, right. They got that you're present in the moment. Mm-hmm. You're present. You took that time. You're with them. And then that time went away. Right. And so it was almost like they were deprived almost to a certain extent. It was unintentional, right. It wasn't something that you didn't want to lose that same connection that you're having for, with your kids, but man, even, and I coach baseball, right? So I coach my kids, um, seven-year-old team right now. Are you doing T-ball or, or, or the machine? So it's coach, pitch, it's coach, coach pitch right now. Yeah. So it's, just, it's a struggle. I, I played um, college baseball as well. So it's one of those things. I'm, I'm very highly competitive. I want to win. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm a coach and I, uh, and if my dad was a played for the Phillies, like I grew up baseball, 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 and went and played football in college, but yes, yeah, yeah. I understand. I get it. Trust me. So, so, so it's a challenge, right? And I, but I'm also trying to teach him, um, you know, to, to play hard hustle, no matter what, right. There's one thing that we can control while we're out there playing and that's how hard we run or hustle, yeah. I call it, right? Yep. It's like, there's one thing they can't take away from you is if you run hard every time you don't stop. And that's how I kind of like look at entrepreneurship, right? It's like, you can, there's a lot of things, a lot of clutter and a lot of bad things that are going to happen. A lot of unexpected things that get in your way and slow you down. Everything's going perfect one second and the momentum just comes to a screeching halt, right? For me, my digital agency is rocking and rolling and then COVID hits. And then 90% of my um, you know, profit 90% of what I was making gone just in a blink of an eye. Right. Mm. And so then I had to pivot, but at the end of the day, I didn't make excuses. Right. I found a way I created a way I went back to some of the things that I kind of went away from because I was, I, I wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't do those things, but I wasn't focused on those things because my business was taking me somewhere else at the time. But then I saw that, Hey, can't make an excuse for this. I can't go to my wife and be like, well, baby, you know, um, my money, it's gone, right? Like I had to pivot and make a decision on how else can I help? What else do I need to listen to at clients and what are their needs so I can change the product or service that I'm offering them? You know, is it something that, you know, okay, maybe you don't want to do this anymore, but 
I can help you in this area. And then it, it just, it just shifted everything. Right. And then now things are starting to come, not normalize, but in my business, they're starting to come back. Um, so it, it's huge, man, to where it's like, you know, we can hustle. We can just, you don't quit. You keep moving forward. You're going to fail. Right. Even if, even if like you're, we're talking about, you know, printing that thing for our kid on a shirt and maybe they don't make a dime from it or, or it blows up, but also it gives them a chance to not go ahead and demoralize them. Right. Give them a chance to succeed and also teach them when they fall short. I was say, give them a chance, give them a chance to fail. Exactly. Failure. Failure is the ultimate um, achievement. I I think as an entrepreneur, right. It's not, again, it's not like you never get where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, If if, if you've made it, you're not, you're not doing something right. I just don't think that internally that somebody that can drive a company and be an entrepreneur can stop. Right. Exactly. Right. There's a, um, there's a book by Alex Sharfin called EPT. And in that, uh, it's the entrepreneurial personality type. First time I read it, I was like mind blown because I was reading this thing and I'm like, wow, someone actually understands the way I feel. Now I can understand the way I feel. <laughs> right. So like there's a normal set of emotions that most people have. And then there's people with this EPT type where like, if you're not in momentum, if you're not going forward, if you're not challenging things, you're miserable and you can become right. depressed. Like if you just feel like things are okay, like everything's just going along and it's just day to day, normal stuff. Like you're going to be miserable because you exactly. need to, you need to challenge. You, you need, need to be challenged. Yeah. You need, you seek it. Right. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and so if you, if you find yourself in these, and it's, it's tied to our emotional state. Yeah. You know, very much so that, uh, it can, it, it can cause problems in the house and it can cause problems in the marriage and everything else. And we need, we need to recognize that, excuse me, we need to recognize that um, so that we can get back into momentum. So yeah. if we see ourselves falling and hitting those walls, those bricks or feeling those feelings where it's just like the world's caving in on us, then you need to go take some action and get back into momentum. Oh, I love it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And I, I feel that way all the time. Um, so let's talk about this. So when you, you needed to pivot, right? Um, yeah. Like you just mentioned, uh, did you go deeper with the clients or did you change your clients? So no, so a lot, my, a lot of the clients that left, right. Didn't change any of them. Um, a lot of that stuff was on temporary hold. I just ended up getting more clients, right. It wasn't, it wasn't a swap out or like, Hey, they're not going to be clients anymore, but it was understandable. A lot of them had to back their budgets down yeah. um, from what we are currently doing. Cause when I'm doing, you know, if I do a website design, man, if you do a good website design, you're only doing that one time, right? You might yeah, do it every, every transaction. few years, a transaction, yeah. right? It's not something that's going to get me, re, you know, bring in reoccurring revenue. Yep. And to run a business, you get, you need to find that reoccurring revenue because those one-off services are only going to get you so far and never let, let you actually grow or scale your business, right? Um, so a lot of the SEO that I was providing or the Google AdWords services or the Facebook ads management services had to kind of like go down a lot dramatically. Yeah. Um, and, and it was understandable because everybody it's a, it's a time of uncertainty. I got it, but it's also a huge opportunity too. And everybody else is scaling back. If you continue to stay in the game, if you have the budget to stay in the game, yeah. um, then you're fine. But man, pivoting was a huge thing for me and, and realizing, okay, I might have to do the one-off services that I was like, unless you do this, A, B, and C, I'm not going to, do a website design because I kind of like went away from that. 
again, right? Trying to trying to stay away from the one-off services like the logo designs or the the design capabilities that I have as well as as, as a just a creative person. But so I started like venturing away from that, and then it was like, well, okay, there's people still reaching out for to me for these services, and but I continue to you know re refer them to somebody else. So instead of referring them, you know, I just have to adjust, uh, pivot, and take those jobs that even though I know it's probably not a long-term thing um, and it could be going forward to continue to get those one-time transactions. I really think that, um, you know, going forward, it might have to come back into the business plan, but I really think like we talked about the reoccurring one-time transactions are not really as entrepreneurs that we're really honed in on. Yeah. I would say you could even use it as a lead magnet type of thing exactly. where, you know, that opens doors because those, those one-time things are tough because they're, they're transactional and the world is a lot flatter than it used to be. Exactly. Right. And so there are places that don't need to charge, you know, that becomes a commodity race and you're not going to be the cheapest labor, which is the way it works. Oh, right. And so exactly. there's <laughs> always going to be somebody that will do it for cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and then you, uh, how, how long have you been doing that entrepreneurial life podcast? So we've been doing it since January. So we, we started, we got the idea together in December. Um, oh, actually we talked for several months about doing it with, um, my co-host Andrew Lees. He's a product product engineer. Um, and he owns a company called Stoke Ventures and Grass Racks. And so just knowing him, he's local. Uh, we met up. Um, he lives about 10 minutes away from me. We met up at a co-working space, um, actually introduced from one of my clients and we just kicked it off, man. You know, we're kind of in the same age bracket, um, basically, you know, uh, helped him out with some, you know, his website, helped him out with uh, several things. And he helped me out um, with a few ideas and moving forward as an entrepreneur in, in several different areas. But we, we, we had that instant connection to where, you know, we kind of get each other, right? Being entrepreneurs, you, you kind of speak the same language. And then being in the same age bracket kind of made it just easy to where we kind of mesh together. Um, we, we say, you know, there's so many things that we've learned through, even though we've only been in business for several years now, um, right? I've only had my digital marketing agency for, for, for four years. But it's one of those things when you look at it, man, you learn so much and so fast, Right. Yeah. Especially if you want to be successful. The first year I was learning, breaking even, um, and, and just, and just really being able to talk the talk. I didn't want to be the guy that talked the talk and couldn't walk the walk. Right. Yeah. I wanted to be the guy that when I actually went to talk to somebody, I could actually back it up instead of just be, having that false confidence. Um, and, and, and so just learning from that and just starting and taking action. That's what I've done along the way, man. There's been, I've had bad clients, you know, I disregarded red flags, which is a huge thing. If you see red flags, kind of be cautious. Um, and then just really ask yourself, is it worth it? And so, it, I mean, it, but ever since then, man, we've been doing it. We've been doing it since January, like I said. And we've been getting, well, I mean, we've had Jason Pfeiffer from, you know, the Entrepreneur Mag on. We're having Doc Williams that, you know, did the Gary Vaynerchuk 2.0 um, model. And, and we're getting some cool high profile individuals like Nick Cavuto and, um, Jared Krause and man, it, it's, it's been a blast, brother. Yeah. It's really cool. The way that, op the, the, the way that opens up doors, right? Oh man, for sure. I guess it's, it's it, dude, <laughs> I know you have to leverage it. It's like, guys, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're whatever you're doing, whether you're a kid or whatever, you're the parent, right? It's like, you got to understand that podcasting is the future and it is actually the now. 
You know? yeah. So if you want to network, there's no greater way to, to just, you reach out to somebody and you, you know, they're going to say no. And then they say, Hey, sure. What time? And you're just like, mine's blown. You're like, dude, just cause I have a podcast, it opened a door that wouldn't have been open if I didn't have this. Yeah. It doesn't offer anything to anybody else, you know? And it's, right. uh, it's like I said, for me, it's a little selfish. Like I would do this even if it didn't have an audience, because I get so much out of listening to other people and their stories and their successes sure. and, you know, their strategies on life and their kids and everything else. And it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, in, and I, I like that it's an intentional listening. Yes. yes. Right. That it's, you can go out. I mean, there's over, they've crossed over a million now. That's insane. <laughs> right. <That's> insane. <laughs> like I didn't even know what one was. I never really listened to podcasts until maybe about a year ago. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I really want to do one of these. And I was like, dude, it's great. You know? I've heard of it. I heard of yeah. it. And uh I was I heard about people getting addicted to it, right? Like the crime the yeah, the true crime stuff. Yeah, the true. I haven't crime gone. I haven't gone in there yet. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. But I mean, I was like, you know, my first podcast was a sport called College Sports Hour. It's about college and and just you know, in general, I have a love for college just because I played. Uh, but I have a love for college football. I never played college football. Uh, played um, high school football, but I've always had that love. And so it was fun just seeing the doors that that just first one open. And that was just, hey man, we need somebody to talk about college. And I was like, I'll be your guy. I don't care. And then this one came about and I'm like, I told my co-host, I was like, we just have to take action. We just, yeah. I was like, you just come over one day. He's like, dude, I've never podcasted before. I, I don't know if we're going to be any good. I was like, Hey, check it out. I have 25 episodes of experience, not a, not large. Um, but at each, each one of those episodes were an hour long. And I said, so I have a co confidence level. I said, but I promise you by the end of the first episode, if we just push record, you will feel confident. You'll start getting used to hearing yourself. You know, you'll be able to, it will feel natural. And then, after, you know, second episode, man, he was like, you're right, man. That It just, I, everything's good now. So for sure. Yeah. It's uh, hearing your own voice is actually one of the worst parts. <laughs> it's true. <that's> true. <laughs> I don't know anybody that loves their voice, but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's been a very great avenue. And I like the fact that, um, you know, they say that the average podcast listener uh, their income is around 90,000 when the average household income is around 60 and that's two parents. So, yeah. um, because they're going out to seek the advice and hear from people on specific topics. So they're filling their brain with things that right. their brain will then go seek out to go to validate. Yeah. Right? I had a, I had a, um, uh, neuroscientist on and she was explaining that whatever you fill in, with what your intentional listening or your intentional watching, you know, think of like the Netflix of the world, right? Uh, you're going to seek that validation. Your brain is trained to seek validation from your thoughts. And so if oh, you yeah. want to change your thoughts and you want to change your direction, then you need to and seek out something intentional that will have, that your brain will need to go validate. Yeah, for sure. Is that continuing education? I mean, yeah. And, and as entrepreneurs, that's huge. And just, just in general, continuing education, just learning something that, you know, you might be interested in, you don't know much about, but like you mentioned YouTube earlier, that was my saving grace for a lot of things. Right. And now pod, there's podcasts out there and there's guys like you that you're continuing in, in the same way with me. And while I'm doing it, it's like, I'm bringing these guests on almost for, for selfish reasons because I want to be educated. Yeah. Right. I want to hear from their experiences, their trials and tribulations and, and their hardships. Because again, it's not always about succeeding. 
it's always, it's always good to see that success story, but it's always good also to hear about the failures that people go through and how they overcame that. And you know, that's we, the thing. I, I, I think um, the part that I think is very valuable in these conversations is that people look at someone and say, oh, that guy's got a bunch of money. He must have, it must have been easy or uh, he's exactly. got the good life or they don't see the sacrifices. Like I've never, I haven't not met a single person that is a high achiever that was like, yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll never see that. Man. So he's like, well, this was going well, and then this happened, you know, and it's like, boom, right. like, a, you know, something right. happened. And it's just, there's always these uh, pivotal moments where uh, I think every person goes through uh, the knockdowns, but it's the ones that get up and say, you know what, give me some more, right? That get exactly. up and, and do those things that like, you know, it's like we, why we love Rocky, right? Right. I'm just getting his face beat in by this big Russian dude. And then he hits yeah. the ground and he's like, Nope, I'm getting back up. And he's like, right. I not. I might not be winning this fight, but I'm going to, I'm going to get back up. You couldn't, you can't keep me down. You know? Yeah. How many times can you get Spartan kicked and get back up? Right. You're just going <laughs> to continue to rise as an entrepreneur. It's important. You got to do that no matter how That's hard it. life gets or, or anything, man. It, it's going to throw you, it's going to throw you all kinds of curveballs, dude. Right. It's like, what next? Right. Yeah. That's all you, you just got to be ready for the what and to be able to pivot and, and get around that obstacle. You know, and I, and I think we apply that to entrepreneurs, which is definitely true. But I also see that for myself with parenting. Right. Like you, oh, no your doubt. kids, you can instill that in them. Uh, I don't want to say easily, but you can you can control that. And, and I think, yeah. that, you know, you've got to let them get kicked down and then tell them how to get back up and stand there and support them. I think that's one of our biggest roles. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, yeah. I really, I really, I would agree a hundred percent with that. And, um, and also just on the financial side of everything, you know, we talked about, you know, it's a, it's a good lesson to teach your kids that they might have to wait to buy something they want. Right. I yeah. Mean, I don't know if you've ever seen that marshmallow thing, but they yeah. followed these kids for like 40 years. Exactly. Like, yeah. They had all these personality traits inside of the, the study with like whatever the 5,000 kids or whatever it was they yep. did. And then, uh, but they like personality tested them and wrote down all their things. And the one thing that showed up uh, that was the most determining factor of where they ended up 30 years later in life was delayed gratis, uh, uh, satisfaction. Yeah. Gratification. yeah. So it's, it, so it's the hard, it's a real hard concept. Like you said, for anybody at any age to learn, yeah. right? I mean, at all ages, it's just the delayed gratification, yeah. right? The delayed gratification, it, it, it can help predict when you when you I, I saw them do a study with they just took kids and right and said hey if you can if you can just hang out for like 10 minutes you'll get something better it, you, you can eat it if you want to but you know those videos are awesome you see them struggling and those like, are the greatest because they're sitting there like oh man like they might lick it they might like i just i want to bite into it some of them scarf it down and then the yeah. ones again it shows how successful they will be as grownups yeah. if they can just wait because delayed, delayed gratification, man, is a huge thing. Um, and, and kids at, at that age, especially young kids, to learn that if they really want something, you know, that they should wait, right? Because sometimes you're going to have to save to buy. Yeah. And, and money, right, is a finite thing. Once you spend it, unless you're continuing to make it, it goes away. And so kids at a young age are typically not making money. So yeah. if they do have a, like a save jar, a share jar or whatever it is, 
um, or a spin jar. It's like one of those things like, hey, look, once that money's gone in those jars, unless you do a chore, unless you uh, work for it or whatever it is, that money's going to be gone if you spend it. So if, you, if, if they wait, if it's something that obviously you don't make it where it's like so stressful for them that they can never get it, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, dad, like it's, that's 300 bucks and you're not paying them enough for, to get to that point. But yeah. if it's like something like $10, right? Like a $9.99 toy and they finally get it, but they delayed, it was a delayed gratification um, instance, man. They, they, they get so happy yeah. when they get there. I would say too, they mind, they don't want it at the end of the day. Like when exactly. they go, they would say they wanted something else all along. So they're learning that. Right. So it's like identifying really, do, we, do I really need this as an impulse buy? I had a, I had one where I heard, um, I caught myself doing this and I've heard parents do it constantly where they're like, Oh, I don't have any money. You know? Oh, like to do a three-year-old right in target. Like that's, that's where I think like you're walking through and they're like, I want this and I want this. And you're like, you're like, Oh, we don't have any money. Oh, I don't have any money for that. Oh, we don't have any money. And then like, they see you pick something else up that you were like, right. Oh, I didn't even know I wanted this. You know, and you're like, you throw in, you start throwing it into the, and then now, all of a sudden they see you pull the card out. There it is. Oh, there it right? is. Right. And they're looking at you like, you don't even realize that, that they now distrust you with money. Right. Because you did right. have money and they know the difference of when you did or, did or don't. But so you need to have that hard conversation, which kind of stinks too. Cause I've been in that situation where you're like, right. All right. This is why we're not buying it. Right. And you got to yeah. do that 50 times walking through the story. So it's impossible, but yeah. you understand that, you know, we were talking about three-year-olds getting the concept of money. They get it. Well, also of how your money habits are in front of them. So if you're conscious of that, you'll make better decisions. For sure. Right. For sure. I mean, I think like you said, busting that, that card out, you know, they might not understand the, the, the debit and credit concept, no. but they know that you just bought whatever you had in that cart with that thing that you had in your hand, that piece of plastic. And they're like, dude, like you said, you just crushed that trust. Yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to be that guy. No, our gal, right? it's so small. <laughs> yeah. It's so such a small thing, but like, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, I see people do that all the time, including myself. I stopped yeah. doing it, you know? Right. Um, but anyway, listen, Clint, uh, where is the best place that people can reach out to find more about you and what you're doing? So you can check us out at thatentrepreneurlife.com. I'm really focused highly in that area right now. You know, obviously my digital marketing agency is running itself and doing its thing. And so, but you can find us at thatentrepreneurlife.com or email us at info at thatentrepreneurlife.com. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Thank you, man. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, catch us on the next flip for the, uh, for the high impact series. I oh, appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Money Talkers with me, your host, Cody Laughlin. If you found this episode helpful in your pursuit of financial dominance, it really helps if you make sure to leave a five-star rating and share it with your friends or family members who could use good financial information and entrepreneurial success tips. I invite you to join the Money Talkers community Facebook group. Open Facebook and search for Money Talkers to join today. Follow us on Instagram at The Money Talkers for inspirational mindset posts, encouragement, and investing tips. And remember, the one thing you can do to change your kids' financial future is to start talking about money with them because you are a money talker.